track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's landed for I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, drop with a big leg. Over for the cover. He got it. Unbelievable. He got it! The starter! Mike Tyson in! Austin is the champion! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Now the 2-2. Two -two. Well hit down the left field line. Way back and Touch the ball, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to another edition of WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me as always is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you? I'm ready to rumble, man. I'm ready for the Raw Rumble. Uh, super psyched for the show. Well, I feel like we've got a big one to cover. Uh, maybe some people are, are surprised uh, with our excitement level for the show. Maybe we're in too deep in the weeds uh, with what we've been watching, but I always had fond memories of the show. What about you? Yeah, no, me too. Uh, I feel like it's historically maybe a touch underrated, so we'll see. But I think it's got a shot to be one of our top five to ten shows for sure, just coming in at the beginning. It's uh, also our final episode before WrestleMania and our year-end awards, so we got a lot to get into on the uh, trek to WrestleMania 21. So if you're new or if you just need a refresher, we are a plus-minus-based uh, system podcast here. We're going through every WWE pay-per-view ever in a seasonal format. That means we start with the pay-per-view after WrestleMania and end with the WrestleMania the following year. So for this season, we started with Backlash 04 and we end with WrestleMania 21. We're doing uh, randomized seasons, so we're kind of bouncing around the timeline. The first season we did was 1994-95. We then did 2011-2012, 1999-2000. We did 2018-2019 NXT, and we've done 1985-86 WWE as well. And that brings us to this 04-05 season, of which we are almost complete. We break down every match, we grade them, and then we bust down every show in a plus-minus system throughout a bunch of categories. 
Uh, we get plus points, we get minus points for anything above or below what we consider to be replacement level. So if you think of the most average of aspects of a pay-per-view uh, or a wrestling match, if anything that we deem to be better than average gets a point, if it's worse than average, it loses a point. We net everything out to give us our total scores, and then we're ranking every pay-per-view accordingly um, off of that. Uh, Marcus, do you want to quickly touch on our categories? Absolutely. Our first category is the build, followed up by the commentary of the event, the atmosphere of the show, notable moments and importance that happen, our match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches. And for us in all-time matches, any match that we both agree is 4.25 and higher. And for the minus, that would be a .75 and below. All right, let's dive in then and get started. Uh, like you mentioned, we are kicking off with the Royal Rumble 2005. It took place on January 30th from the Save Mart Center at Fresno State University in Fresno, California. 12,000 in attendance, a buy rate of 575,000, or I should say that somebody buys. Uh, we have the mix of our announced team as usual, and we have the co-brand shows, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, and Taz. We had a dark match or a heat match, uh, Maven taking on Rhino. And then that brings us to our card, and it's a pretty tight one, Marcus. This is a, a pretty slim down undercard, only four matches before the Rumble, uh, but they all get a lot of time to tell their story. Our opener uh, featured Edge defeating Shawn Michaels. This is a grudge match. This feud's been going for a while. Uh, Inclusive Edge's heel turn. We saw her get involved in title matches on both ends, and they finally go at it here to open the show. They go nearly 19 minutes, and Edge ends up stealing it as he counters a roll-up and hooks the rope to steal the win. I think Edge had to win. I think I think that was the only way to go about this. Uh, we've seen what happened recently with Randy Orton, right, where he keeps us losing these big matches. And as they're trying to push him, Edge needed a win. Uh, they, they do give him a little um, little bit of a slimier uh, aspect to it, but it's uh, at least the win. And they would go on to have kind of a, a blow-off later, uh, you know, the next month. But for here, to open the Rumble, Edge wins. We'll see them both later in the Rumble match as well. Uh, yeah, I went three and a quarter with this yes, match. I should get I the had... grade as well. Uh, sorry, one sec. I went three and a quarter as well. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're lined up there. I think we both expected a little bit more, but mm-hmm. uh, like you said, they have the blow off coming up. So uh, this match is definitely uh, far from the finish of the feud. Uh, it's cool to see Edge get a big time match. It's kind of been... I'd say spinning his wheels, but he's been injured. He's been back. He's been injured again. He's been working through it. He's had to re- relinquish the title. This whole season's kind of been a roller coaster for Edge. And uh, since Taboo Tuesday, uh, he's been uh, a lot more focused. We've seen him go down the heel path um, and and get that push. And I think he had to pick up the win here because if he doesn't, the only direction for him to go in is like the whiny heel and. You know, it's it, it's time to you know, crapper get off the pot with Edge. Like he's been around for a long time. He's an established character. Uh, so like, what are you gonna do with this dude? So you gotta have him start picking up some major W's, uh, even if it is in like slime ball fashion, holding onto the ropes and stuff like that. Um, he's gotta start picking up some big wins. So uh, it's a great decision here to have him go over. Uh, Michaels again, um, coming for me, uh, far from a Shawn Michaels fan. Uh, but when he wants to be, he can be really, really good. Uh, and I think this match is uh, a testament to that. He definitely had his working boots on, um, doing what he can to make Edge 
uh, look like a main eventer and, uh, you know, bring the juice out of this feud. Okay. Uh, what's our next match here? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we have in the casket match, uh, the undertaker is going to defeat Heidenreich. Uh, Heidenreich. <laughs> oh man, that theme. I can't believe they put that theme on dun, the CD. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, I went with two. Um, this match had a lot of, um, a lot of magic to it. I uh, had uh, Snitsky coming out, and uh, we kind of saw a, uh, a backstage altercation with Snitsky and Heidenreich, as uh, we've seen a couple times this season, which I had forgotten about, the one at Survivor Series. Um, but Snitsky's going to come out to try to help Heidenreich. Kane's going to pop up out of the casket to negate that interference, and then we're going to refocus back to Snitsky, or focus back to Undertaker and Heidenreich. Undertaker hits a really dope uh, leg drop while... Heidenreich is like sandwiched in between the casket and the apron. Uh, it gets an insane reaction. Um, and then Undertaker is going to pick up the win to kind of close the casket, if you will, on this feud. Um, How do you feel about this match? Yeah, I thought it was perfectly acceptable. I, I went the two stars, the gentleman's two. Uh, 13 minutes. I think they. It seems like they want to do something in Mania with these guys. Because we've had multiple kind of run-ins backstage with Heidenreich and Siski. We sort of Survivor Series. They kind of have another little romantic touch moment on the show. Uh, the rumors at the time were that we were going to get Kane and Undertaker against Siski and Heidenreich at Mania. But if you look at our last two pay-per-views, Kane has defeated Siski clean and Taker's now beaten Heidenreich clean. So mm-hmm. it feels like we're probably done with this. If so, that's fine. Let's give Taker something a little more meaty for the biggest show of the year. I think we're okay with that. This felt like a this felt like a classic Undertaker versus Monster match from like the mid '90s. Taker versus Kama. Taker versus right. Kamala. Like it, it felt right out of that realm. Um, so again, it's fine. It felt like a match you would normally see out of Taker in this slot. Taker IRS a little more boring than this, but you know, similar to that, right? Like just crammed in on the, on the rumble undercard ends this taker feud and we move along. So yeah, two stars for me. That brings us to our world, uh, WD world title match as JBL again in the soup, having defend against uh, big show and Kurt angle. So he survived three massive challengers at Armageddon now gets two more here. I like that. They put angle back in the title picture. We talked about it last episode. Like where is he headed now? And it was about time that he was back in the title match. I get why they didn't want to do heel heel. So Big Show also had earned the slot over his you know dominant win over Team Angle and over Kurt in general in the feud. And I think this ends up over delivering um, again, like JBL starting to turn the tide a bit, and it feels like the over delivering is helping more than or happening more than the under delivering mm-hmm. uh, as we get toward the salad days here of uh, or the end days I should say versus the salad days of his title reign. So I went three on this. Obviously, Angle drives the ship on a lot of it. Um, it only goes 12 minutes, and I don't know. Maybe it's too short. Like I, I think they could have actually got more out of this um, than they did when you look at the match and and who they have. So obviously, again, Angle really helped a lot, but I think overall this is a lot of fun. And this is what you want from the cabinet, right? Constantly interfering, get in the mix. Like this is what it should be. Remember that for a couple months from now <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was yeah. chaos yeah especially as you're like 
JBL has been through so many challengers and they, mm-hmm. they're telling the story like, yo, like, all right, he's had the longest reign and, you know, since SmackDown has been a television show, uh, you know, he's been through so many challengers, monsters, different kind of wrestlers, like it, his number is going to get called soon. Right. And, and who's going to be the lucky person to have the ticket. Um, we got two more fresh challengers here with Angle and Big Show. They've kind of transferred their feud over to include JBL now. And, uh, yeah, the match over delivers. I went three and a quarter on it. Um, it, I, I think it is because of all the chaos, like you get, um, uh, you know, the reform team angle, uh, 2.0 out there with, uh, with the reins and, and, uh, Mark Jindrak, you've got, you've got the cabinet out there and, uh, it all plays really well. And like amid all that chaos, JBL <laughs> gets rolled back into the ring by Orlando. It was kind of like the X factor. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool way to put some shine up on, uh, Orlando there. Uh, to have him like trust that JBL is going to have the instinct to get in the ring and deliver the one big shot, which he does, um, takes Angle's head off with the clothesline. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. You said 12 minutes. If you would have told me 20, I would have believed you, but not in a bad way. Like, right. This was a sprint. It didn't feel like they were rushing through it though. Like every it played out. I think it mm-hmm. probably better that it did go shorter, but. Um, you know, JBL thrives in the sprints, right? Like <laughs> something we've seen this season and, uh, sometimes these matches go too long, but, uh, you got two big guys out there like JBL and big show. It's best just to let them throw their bombs and get to the chaos. But three and a quarter for me, this, this was pretty good. Um, All right. Our other world title match is up next. Uh, and it's one that we've been building to for a while. Triple H defending against Randy Orton. This is one that you would assume back in October, uh, September, right? when Orton lost that this rematch would be at mania. And I'm guessing that was the plan until it was clear that maybe Orton didn't quite have what they were looking for. And then the booking didn't help as he lost a couple of times. It kind of got made to look like a goof. Like we talked about plus Batista getting super over. I think it became clear that he was going to be the guy that should be elevated to the world title picture. So I think by the time we get to the rumble, it's pretty obvious that Batista's passed Orton in the pecking order. I don't think it was any chance in hell of Orton winning this match coming in at all. It, it's always been a weird one too. This is the one where Orton like smacks his head and does some great selling. I thought for sure he was hurt at the time. I remember mm-hmm. thinking he was really fucked up. Uh, but he just sells a the concussion stuff like really, really well. He just looks really out of it. Um, the match itself was weird. It, it felt just like a complete squash for the most part of Orton as well. So something's happening with him. It feels like it's going to be a, probably a big transition point. He's effectively done as a top face after this. And it's obvious. And by the end of that, it'd be more obvious where they're headed. But um that Batista is the guy. So the match itself ended up being better than I remembered. I went three and a quarter, but it's effectively the end of Orton's push. Yeah. And we've seen glimpses of what Randy Orton is like a, almost like a Bill Watts walking tall baby face can be like when he really turns on the jets um, and isn't being, you know, emasculated and, and cut back down to number two uh, underneath triple H. Um, that said, this match is pretty good. I really enjoyed Orton selling, as you said. Triple H is pretty good here as well. Uh, I end up going three and a half, but this is the end of Orton. Uh, he already needs um, 
you know, a, a turning point for his character. He needs to go back to the drawing board. Um, and like you said, like the, the rise of Batista is definitely one thing. Um, uh, but this like late Oh four, Oh five, Oh six. Those are kind of like the big three troublesome years for, for Orton backstage, uh, where the, you know, you could say the lights were too bright for him. Uh, but he was just pretty irresponsible as a, uh, young man. So, um, I, that has to play a huge role into this decision as well to kind of put the kibosh on him as a top baby face and move him down but he's still going to be presented pretty well so like you know it's not like it's not like he misses out on mania right like right. we're going to see him get there so really like you know what's the why can't he be champion if he's going to be a featured guy anyways like right so um but we are quickly here to our main event and that is the Raw Rumble match. And of course, yeah, it is going to be won by Big Daddy Dave Batista. Uh, last eliminating John Cena in infamous fashion. Uh, we got the double elimination over the top, which uh, by all accounts seems to be a uh, an accident. Um, Vince McMahon, of course, runs down, tries to get into the ring, blows out his quads on the, the ring apron <laughs> <laughs> with a collision, goes to stand up. It still uh, <laughs> holds up as ridiculous as it was that night. <laughs> Immediately sits back down, uh, demands the match to restart, and Batista picks up the win. Um, this this is what I've finally been waiting for. Like, this mm-hmm. is the Rumble match I've been waiting for. Like, give me something like this. There's multiple stories going on. There's characters to be attached to and, and follow throughout the match, you know. Um, you know, Jericho does a great job. There's other guys in this match that just do a good job carrying this match and kind of pass the baton. Uh, but guys that stay in there a long time that you can stay invested in. Um, and then you get your heavy hitters late. So I went the full five on this one. Um, back to back shows with me having five star matches. Um, how, how'd you feel? I went four and three quarters and it was close. It, it's one of the best rare matches that they've done. I, I think it doesn't probably get talked about enough in that realm. I know the ending is kind of wonky. I'm still not sure if it was supposed to happen or not. Like, I think um, the latest I've heard or talked about is that it wasn't planned to happen, that they both fell out together. Um, it's some incredible timing, if so, that it worked out that way. But And then it led to poor Vince McMahon tearing his quads, which would feel awful if it wasn't supposed to happen, and they had to force Vince come out. To me, the way he walks out feels like it was on the fly, all of it. Because he comes out kind of haggard and quickly. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Planned or not? Uh, I'm going to go with unplanned. Just like watching it again. Um, I, I, that's the the only other time they tried to pull this off on purpose. Mm-hmm. You've got Bret Hart, who's, you know, in my opinion, uh, the ultimate ring general that they've ever had. Um Neither Cena or Batista would ever reach that level, especially not here in 2005. Um, you know, and both guys, um, they have a different kind of athleticism, not the same kind of athleticism that you would equate with, like, right. timing and, uh, you know, precision. going over backwards yeah. and precision and landing on your feet. Like, you know, that's a Shawn Michaels type of athleticism, uh, not the big powerhouse type of athleticism that both of these guys possess. So. I think it's just one of those one of those incredible things that happens. Um, yeah, it, it it still it still holds up. It's still pretty wild. Um, I remember watching this live, 
and Batista was my dude, right? And um, at the time, I'm and what am I? 14 15 or whatever so i've only got a couple pairs like pants for school and for some reason like i had on those pants and i jumped up and with such excitement like <laughs> i popped the button and ripped the zipper <laughs> like i blew out my pants and i uh, only had like one or two other pants to get me through the week and i'm like panicked like oh no what am i gonna do so uh but yeah that's that's what i remember about this rumble um great great from start to finish though mm-hmm. um questionable well, yeah. spot that we'll talk about but uh yeah i really enjoyed it yeah there's so much good in there you get the sean and angle stuff um kind of out of nowhere right so maybe mm-hmm. teasing something for the future the snitsky elimination of london is awesome of course that's an all-timer uh and just batista you know his ascension to the spot plus the opener with eddie and benoit going at it like that's kind of a classic like you said the only down spot of the whole thing is really the ridiculous bullying and abuse of Dana Pewter, which I'll talk about a bit more in a minute. Um, and then I guess, you know, your depends on your view of the Hassan thing, but that's maybe the only other second piece of this that doesn't hit right. But no, the end is, is really good. Um, or I'd say the match is really good, even with the ending. And uh, maybe it dims the pop a little bit with the confusion. If it was on the fly, they did a nice job, like figuring it out, like having them both kind of do what they did and then restart the match. So, there we go. Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if they just did a tie either. Like, if there was ever a time to do one, having both these guys win the Rumble and get title shots would have been it, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have seen them going that way. I just assumed it was going that way when they both fell out. But, uh, yeah, no, all-time classic. It's it's a great Rumble. Yeah, it holds up. All right. Uh, so that nets out to a 4.5 for uh, match total match grade. So the way we work here is if we consider a 2.5 as an average match, we go plus minus um, from that based on our average. So let's say uh, the opener, Michael's edge, we averaged out to a three and a quarter for me and you. If an average match is two and a half, that's a 0.75. It's 0.75 higher than an average match. So then we add those up, either the plus minus total gets us to four and a half. So it's a pretty strong match grade total for the rumble. Let's get to our categories now, Marcus. Uh, for build, we give a point to the uh, awesome West Side Story ads that they do. Uh, the promos, those are really well done. Uh, they all have the different costumes on. Those are pretty famous ones. A point for the Edge of Michael's feud that's been boiling for a while. Uh, a point for the JBL cabinet. They've been building their cred uh, and then having that kind of crest together with them doing, um, you know, all the uh, interfering in the title match was good. Uh, a point for Carlito doing the petition to get Teddy Longfire. That's kind of a running through line here. A point for Hassan becoming a heat magnet through the, in the company. Uh, that builds to the the payoff here. A point to Batista's march toward being his own man, and a point to John Cena being uh, built strongly heading into the Rumble, feeling like a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Hayden, Hayden Reich being afraid Hyden of casting. Reich. <laughs> uh, we've been there and done that with the uh, the Undertaker monster heel being afraid of caskets for some reason. Uh, JBL character build uh, has been pretty good here as we get towards the end, but the. The feuds to get to those matches um, have really sagged a bit, and it feels like we're really just stretching to get to Mania. Uh, and then Orton's climb back to the belt uh, is totally overshadowed by Big Daddy Dave's rise. Okay, so that nets out to a four for build, so pretty good. Uh, let's get to commentary. 
And as we know, we love Michael Cole and Taz. They're on this show a bunch. Taz especially is on the show a lot because he does the Rumble with JR. Uh, a point for JR and King doing a nice job all night, hyping the importance of winning the Rumble. A point for Cole and Taz being on point, carrying Taker and Heidenreich with their insights. A point for the great choice of ditching King for the Rumble, giving us Taz and JR for the second year in a row was a good choice. A point for Luther Reigns! <laughs> As always, uh, a point for Jr. ripping Simon Dean to a calisthenics at ringside, uh, which is pretty funny. A point for Taz doing the song for the French tickler for Dupree. A point for Taz freaking out when Kane's pyro goes up. He goes, why the hell do you guys sit over here? Because uh, they're out in the back. A <laughs> uh, point for Taz lobbying for Raw guys to join SmackDown uh, and Taz questioning coaches involvement in the match. And then a point for Taz and JR setting up Angle Michaels nicely for Mania. And a point for Taz, his reaction to all the SmackDown guys get eliminated. He's really living or breathing with it. Yeah. Um, probably the closest that we'll see to a Bobby Heenan performance for a Royal Rumble. Uh, yes. Yeah, Taz, Taz was a lot of fun on this night. Uh, checking in on the minuses, we got JR and Taz. Um, instead of chastising, uh, they are egging on the hazing that happens uh, during the opening part of the Rumble. Uh, JR and Taz yeah, consistently and constantly re- uh, referencing the brand of each wrestler um, and cheering. It got it got a little old, like when you're really pulling for, you know, hardcore Holly because he's a SmackDown mm-hmm. guy or whatever. Um, and JR and Taz playing into the outcast Hassan stuff uh, by saying neither want him on their show. Um, not not yeah. the best look. We haven't really had a reason why. That's the big problem with Hassan. Like, yeah, he's doing the rhetoric and stuff, but like it's it's kind of blatant right right now. Like. If he's doing some nasty, vile stuff, then it's okay. But they're not really giving a reason why they don't yeah. want him. So oh, he's a Muslim. I don't want him on the show. He's Arab. I don't want him. Like that's, right, exactly. that's what it comes down to, and it's terrible. All right. Well, that's seven points of commentary, though. So that's real strong. Uh, atmosphere. We get a point for the West Side Story theme set. A point for the big pop of Shawn Michaels to open the show. A point for the usual uh, Druid and Undertaker entrance vibe. A point for the crowd being super Undertaker Heinerich. It carries that match. A point for Kurt Angle's heat. A point for the dazed JBL celebration of the cabinet after he escapes another improbable match. That's a classic. Uh, a point for the crowd being hyped for the star of the Rumble. They're super into it. A point for the awesome Eddie Guerrero, uh, Eddie Chance, and the ovation when he leaves after being eliminated. Uh, a point for the huge pop for Cena. And a point for the huge pop for Batista. So, a uh, really good atmosphere here in Fresno. Uh, yeah, for the minuses, we've got... Uh, while the set itself was creative, uh, it was bland. Like, it's just a backdrop. Um, you know, something you'd see at, like, a theater play. Um, and some some chain-link fence. fence. Um, the small and cheap-looking casket, which always bothered me. Like, mm-hmm. it's so tiny, considering you got two big dudes to uh, fit in there. Uh, it feels low effort and kind of last-minute, last last-ditch. Uh, the crowd turning on Orton as the match goes. Um, tough to blame him because like he's just just getting beat up, um, and, and he really does feel dead on arrival here as we get towards Batista, um, and the crowd feeding into the hazing as well. All right, so it's a five for atmosphere. Let's get to notable moments. We get a give a point to Eddie pickpocketing Ric Flair. It's a pretty infamous backstage skit where they're both back there picking the numbers, and Eddie hugs them. Uh, he lifts Flair's wallet. Flair doesn't realize it uh, until he leaves. And then we get the the next scene later where they confront him and make him give the wallet back everything. So all that's really, really funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Took my wallet! Guerrero took my wallet! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, a point for Kane sitting up in the casket when they open it and uh, to help take her in the match. A point for the continuing tension between Batista and Triple H backstage as they set up the rumble. A point for Cena calling B- Bischoff Burt Reynolds backstage, which was funny. Uh, a really classic line here happens when Christian tells Tomko to give him a <laughs> Uh, so a point for that. <laughs> no. Uh, a point for Angle bullying Nunzio and taking his Royal Rumble slot. A point for the West Side Story uh, showdown in the Rumble, which pays off the theme around it. A point for Hassan beating the shit out of Scotty Too Hot at ringside. A point for Angle and Michaels getting a bloody start to their Mania feud. Uh, a point for the all-time elimination of Siski just clotheslining London and him doing the th- uh, 360 cell on the outside to the floor. Uh, a point for Vince destroying both the squads within three seconds of each other. <laughs> a point for Batista winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, a point kind of for the future is now with the final four of Ray, Edge, Batista, and Cena. That felt cool. Um, and then a point for the the showdown between Cena and Batista. It felt like Hogan and Warrior yeah. when they were really thrown down. So it was really cool. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good moments on the show. Yeah, um, real quick, like I know that's something that uh, you and Aaron talked about on now entering the Rumble, mm-hmm. uh, that big uh, Warrior Hogan moment that they try to replicate every year and it just falls massively short. But uh, watching this, like this, this feels definitely not on the same level, but uh, probably as close as they've ever come to recreating that kind of magic. Um, before the minuses, we've got Triple H having to call Guerrero a jumping bean. Uh, Orton is officially killed dead as a top babyface. J, uh, we went minus two there. Uh, JBL's rest, racist talk to Teddy, which at least it gets paid off, but uh, still unnecessary. Uh, we've got the uh, assault on Daniel Pewter in ring, uh, minus two there. And Hassan getting treated like an outcast and getting ganged up on, uh, minus two. And the fact that we're in the Royal Rumble with the richest prize, uh, mm-hmm. what an opportunity at the richest prize, uh, at the biggest show of the year uh, on the line. And everybody puts aside their differences just to throw out the Muslim dude. Like, right. It yeah. always bothered me that, like, hey, we're going to stop fighting each other to go to WrestleMania uh, just to throw this guy out. I always thought that was a terrible Again, thing. just give us a reason why we hate him. We're just not getting it, you know? Yeah. All right, so that's a five for notable moments. So we're racking up some big numbers here, Marcus. Uh, four and a half of match grades. We haven't had any negatives yet and some big positives. Card structure, we gave a point for the really strong opener to set the tone for the show. Uh, another point for the good tight car, like we mentioned. The undercard is all big matches, no fluff. A point to close with the Rumble. It's not always a given, but it should be. A point for starting with Eddie and Benoit. It's a nice touch after their 2004. Kind of set the t- uh, tone for the match. A point for the great Rumble pacing. A lot of stars and ebbs of the big uh, spots. A point for loading the Rumble with big stars left and right. It's, it's really one of the best overall Royal Rumble um, uh, rosters of all time. And then a point for allowing stars to work double duty, Edge, Michaels, Angle, etc. Uh, yeah, and for our minuses in card structure, we have uh, Triple H and Orton getting a little too long. Uh, leading into the rumble and uh, confusing finish due to the, the posh elimination takes a little bit of the momentum and steam away from uh, Batista's big win. So that's five again for card structure. The big numbers continue to come rewatchability. We got a lot going on here. Uh, a point for the Royal rumble number drawing segments, which are really good all night. A point for Heiderreich and Snitsky's creepy promo about caskets and babies and liking each other. Uh, it's just, I don't know creepy uh mm-hmm. a point for the taker casket leg drop on hyderike which is just nasty 
Uh, really good spot. A point for the JBL celebration with uh, Champagne doused Amy Weber in the back. A point for the World's Greatest Tag Team Revival. Their team worked in the Rumble. You can watch that all day. A point for Siski decapitating London. A point for Vince's quads turning to dust. At a point, <laughs> uh, we didn't mention this, but when Flair tries to double-cross Batista, grabs oh. him and uh, goes to fling him out of the ring. <laughs> Um, and, then Batista, and then he struts and Batista just turns and eliminates him. So a lot of good ones there. Uh, <laughs> like Flair take a bump, like trying to eliminate Batista. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, for our minuses in this category, we have uh, Orton's confusing uh, concussion selling uh, felt uh, too real and uncomfortable. Uh, too good of a job there. And uh, Bob Holly, of course, having to get off on murdering Daniel Pewter. Uh, again, hit that with a minus two. All right, all-time match. Uh, so that's all five again. So the numbers continue. Um, all-time matches, of course, a point for the Rumble and no negatives. And I'll tell you, Marcus, uh, this is going to end up finishing pretty high for us because mm-hmm. our total score, yet again, when a show has a lot of um, big positives and not a lot of negatives and a lot of big moments in a good atmosphere, strong card structure, these are things we look for when we're doing the all-encompassing deep dives into these pay-per-views. Brings us to a 36.5 total score. Ooh. And that puts it second place for us, just 1.75 behind SummerSlam 99. That seemed untouchable. Uh, we now have Royal Rumble 2005 right up there with it. Surprised? Expected? Where are you at? Uh, that SummerSlam 99 show just felt like... Um, you know, such a, I don't I don't even know the word, but it, it just felt like, like a one-off, right? Like, is anything going to touch a show? Um, and knowing that like a, a show like this can kind of come out of nowhere. Like we knew it was a good show. We knew it was even a great show. Um, but to add up everything, uh, to run the formula, to run it through the formula, uh, and the process that we have and for it to be so close to that top spot, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a little bit reassuring uh, for me that that the, the formula has been consistent and uh, that other shows do have the opportunity uh, to rank highly. Uh, again, it's we're looking for a combination of everything. Uh, it's not just the good, the good stuff uh, in the ring. It's what can you bring to the show? What kind of moments can you deliver uh, the atmosphere, uh, the TV heading into it? Right. Everything plays a role. And, you know, if you can not just manage to not take away, but deliver deliver above and beyond like that's where you're going to score high um and we get an all-time match of course with the the rumble match too so that really helps uh boost up even higher uh so yeah so uh surprised a little bit that like it's top two i, I if you would have told me top 10 absolutely that's what i uh what i thought but you know finishing right up there at two and so close um that's that's a bit of a surprise yep yep it's uh yeah i mean the thing is there's not a lot of flaws because again the, the card is so tight just having those five matches, you got one all timer and nothing bad. It's, I mean, if if it wasn't for the bullying stuff and Hassan, like it's really those two things are the big detriment. Like go in there and look at all the negative points we gave to those two things. Yeah, I mean, we might be talking about like just a blowout here. Like this, this could have been in the forties. You know what I mean? Like it's it all all did the two tiny segments on the Rumble that just were all time terrible. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. Without that, we're really looking at an all-time show. All right, well, it's now our number two, just just behind, just behind uh, SummerSlam. So it's right there. 
Uh, something tells me our next show will not be <laughs> in that realm, but we'll see. Uh, that is No Way Out 2005. <laughs> And that took place on February 20th from the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 9,500 attendance, 240,000 buys. It is a SmackDown show. So we have Michael Cole and Taz in the booth with us. It's our final stop on the road to WrestleMania as well. So we had our final Raw stop back with New Year's Revolution. We got the joint and the Rumble and now our final SmackDown show is here. We had our uh, pre-show match, which is Haas. And Holly defeating Suzuki and Dupree. And that brings us into our opener as Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio defeat the Basham brothers to win the tag team titles. So perhaps the first kind of chink in the armor of the cabinet heading into Mania. Mm. We put Ray and Eddie back together here. Uh, RVD had come down with an injury, uh, blew out his knee. So that team is now dead with uh, him and Ray. So Ray gets a new partner, Eddie who I think this was fitting again, like Eddie kind of was aimless, honestly, since the angle feud didn't have a ton going on. So why not stick them together? Give them the tag titles. We'll see where things go from here. Uh, the Bashans are pretty antiseptic tag champs, uh, really not adding much to any um, proceedings at all. I thought it was a pretty fun little opener, all because of Ray and, and Eddie, of course, pretty much, but I went three. Uh, and I got the, the card off to a nice start. Like you kind of maybe feeling... A little good after this. Okay, well, maybe maybe the show won't be as kind of down as you would think for a SmackDown show. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. Uh, it's cool to see Eddie and Ray team up to win the tag team titles. Uh, I went 2.75, and that's just because the Basham brothers are, to me, below replacement level. Um, they really took away from this match. So uh, not anything that, that Eddie and Ray could have done about it. It's just the Bashams, I think, are, are that weak of a team. Um yeah, the RVD injury is interesting as far as where Eddie fits into the WrestleMania picture. Um, you know, what what do you do with Eddie? Is he just an odd man out? Um, SmackDown's not going to have uh, a different multi-person match as we'll see that Raw will have. So, like, where exactly does Eddie or RVD or Ray fit into WrestleMania? Um, I'd like to sit in on those booking meetings. But, um, yeah, it seems like we've got... Eddie and Ray uh, with the tag team titles as we head into WrestleMania. And uh, somebody else who uh, seems to maybe be on the outside looking in towards WrestleMania. Uh, well, really two characters. They've both gotten a lot of time here this season. And that is Booker T defeating Hayden. Hayden Reich. Hayden Reich. Uh, I <laughs> went with one and a half. Um Again, it's a tough night. I don't know what else Booker could have done. Um, I think pretty highly of Booker T as a worker, but his best days are definitely in WCW. Um, and I just don't think he has what it takes to pull Heidenreich up with him uh, with a pay-per-view match. So one and a half for me. Yeah, I went one and a quarter. This stunk. Uh, Booker's really <laughs> scuffling. He's, he has not had a good year. Um, the Cena stuff was disappointing. The JBL match even was like, okay, uh, he really has not done much. This might mm -hmm. be one of the worst seasons we see from Booker. And I don't blame him here. I mean, there's only so much you could do with Heidenreich. But yeah, he does look on the outside looking in for Mania. Like, I don't know where he would even possibly slot in uh, to the Mania card. So we'll see if they find him a spot. But 
this was not good. Not good at all. Six minutes. Booker looked uninterested in trying to make this happen. Uh, we even get the DQ. So I know they probably didn't want Heidenreich to lose again. I don't think at this point they were still thinking that tag, but possible. Um, no, I don't think so, actually. Right? Uh-huh. Had, the, had the Orton stuff already started a little bit? I think so. Yeah, I think Orton had already started. Uh, kind of already called a shot. Yeah, so I don't know. My, just pin him. <laughs> What's the big deal? All right, up next we have a cruiserweight open as Chavo Guerrero defeats uh, Funaki, Akio, Paul London, Shannon Moore, and Spike Dudley to win the cruiserweight title. So Funaki's reign comes to an end. Chavo takes the gold, which is kind of whatever at this point. I mean, I, I think he's probably like the third most interesting person at the least in this match. Like Akio and London to me for sure above him. Probably boss Spike at this point, maybe more interesting mm-hmm. than him. Uh and only two and a half, like for a cruiserweight open with some pretty good talent, it didn't feel like a lot going on. We only go less than 10 minutes. Everything felt rushed. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not much else to say. Just it felt like, a, all right, let's get these guys out there on a card again. Like that's pretty weak on the SmackDown side, lack of depth. Like why not give these guys more time and really have them cut loose? I just think we're in a weird spot, the cruiserweight division where, it's like small guys, but not, not necessarily aerial guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of have like more map based stuff, but that shouldn't be the bulk of the cruiser division, right? It should be like outliers. So we're not seeing a ton of the flying outside like London. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, what I go here? Uh, two and a quarter for me. Uh, it felt like as soon as the match was in the ring, like they couldn't wait for the match to be over. Um, and that's the only thing I could really say about this. Um, yeah, not a not a fan of Chavo going over. Um, you know, you get a bunch of guys out there to try to get them to like do their stuff, but like it's all on fast forward. Um, so I don't know if anybody really looked uh, better off after being in this match. Right. Uh, another match that we have is the Undertaker going one on one with Luther Luther Reigns. Um, I went one and a half, uh, maybe this, I don't like Luther Reigns mm. kind of looks like he could have been, uh, an undertaker villain. Um, yeah. you know, guess he didn't make the cut. Um, these two kind of stumble through a match, um, a little lengthy. Let me check the match time here. Yeah. Close to 12 minutes. That's, that's probably four minutes too long for Luther Reigns at this point. Um, and Undertaker is a much better uh, follower than a lead. Um, and I, I think that's still true up to this point, even in 2004. So one and a half for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely slow. I went one and three quarters. It's it's sluggish. Just like the Heidenreich match, like there's just not a lot I mean, for Taker to work with. Like he's trying to carry these guys. It did feel like a bit of a throwback to that era yet again. I think this was like a last shot at Reigns kind of being something. Angle couldn't really get him over with Team Angle. Now he gets a shot at Taker. That's plotting. So I think he's probably cooked. <laughs> Put him on ice after this. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless you stick him as like a bodyguard or something like his original role was. But I think in ring, it's it's obvious he's pretty much done. Um, so this is le- legit the definition of just eating time for Taker before Mania. We see what his Mania feud is. So just a throwaway. 
All right, we have the final of the number one contender tournament to see who will be the number one contender for the world's title at WrestleMania. On the SmackDown side, it's Kurt Angle taking on John Cena. So just kind of the standard, uh, you know, well, how we're not going to get the Rumble title match. So let's see. Um, well, actually, I guess we didn't know for sure yet about the Rumble title match, right? But they were trying to determine a top contender either way. And the plan was that Batista chose SmackDown. They'd do a three-way with the winner of this, Batista and the champion. So that's kind of how they positioned it. I thought this was actually quite good. I liked it uh, a lot. I think it's kind of a forgotten gem. I went three and three quarters on it. Cena ends up winning clean with the FU. So he taps Angle out, which is, that's a big win <laughs> during the stretch. Yeah. To tap Angle clean. Especially with Angle, you know, be marching toward this Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match. Like, um, I think it makes him look like a complete world beater. And that was the goal. That was the idea to get him super over to set him up for mania and likely a world title win. Um, he escapes all of angles, best stuff and ends up pinning him clean. So, or, uh, uh, I, I said tap, I meant pin pins him clean with the FU. So I think it's a great match. I, I think it's completely overlooked historically for them too. I think mean, we always knew they had good chemistry, but this was kind of tucked away out here. Yeah, uh, they're going to go back to this well, uh, mm-hmm. the season following this one, the 05, 06 season. Uh, three and a quarter for me, uh, just so a couple of ticks lower than you, but uh, everything rings true. Um, it, it, it's a good match. Huge win for Cena, getting a win over Angle, who is, I don't know if he's a gatekeeper, but uh, you know he's probably more legitimate than JBL is even as champion at this point. Um, Angle has just been presented pretty well, and he just carries himself with with such legitimacy that picking up a win over him does wonders. Uh, they do the big pep talk for Cena during this night. Uh, Eddie talks to him and tells him, like, look, like, you know, he's going to get you in an ankle lock. Like, he he's too good. Like, he's going to get you in it, but, you know, don't give up. And we kind of see the beginnings of the never give up John Cena that we'll uh, get for the next decade plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was cool to see this is kind of the, the final achievement uh, for Cena. Uh, heading into WrestleMania, where he will take on the winner of our next match, which is the Big Show versus JBL. And this is the barbed wire steel cage match for the WWE Championship, uh, where you can win uh, by escaping the cage. Of course, the top is covered uh, with barbed wire going around the, the top truss to help keep the cabinet out. And JBL is going to pick up a win in controversial fashion, of course, uh, when he gets choke slammed through the ring and then escapes, crawls underneath, and ends up on the outside. Uh, very creative finish. Uh, you know, JBL looks like he had survived a, uh, a horror movie, mm-hmm. uh, but two and a quarter for me. Um, just big show fatigue. That's all. That's the only thing I can really pinpoint to it. Yeah, it was. Uh... When they announced the stipulation, it seemed really cool. It's like, okay, they've never done this. It's a good way to add some extra heat to what's likely to be kind of a plotting match between these guys. It goes 15 minutes, so I think that's pretty tight for a main event world title match. Like they're not going to drag it out. I like the finish a lot. It's like super unique and creative. The only downside to it is it is kind of confusing. Um, I think it, it leads to like kind of a bizarre reaction at the end. But it was like kind of another JBL escapes title offense, which has been the whole pretty much his whole reign, but he keeps, it's almost becoming away from luck and into a skill now for him, like that he keeps finding ways out of these matches. 
And he's now the wrestling god, right? That's what he proclaimed himself after the Rumble uh, to this point. So he's marching toward Mania, likely against John Cena, maybe against Cena and Batista. We don't know yet for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, he uh, escapes another one. So it was fine. Two and a quarter. I think we're ready to move Big Show out back out of the world title picture here, I would say. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if we net out all of our in-ring grades, it gives us a negative 0.5. So not terrible and pretty much just flat. Yeah, right around replacement level. Yeah, we just had some bad and some good. We just didn't have any great or all-time bad. <laughs> We're just kind of in the middle on this one. So, All right, let's give our uh, categories a spin here. For the build, we gave a point for the first ever barbed wire cage. They did some good hype for that. A uh, point for them really building show up as a as a contender, as a top challenger. A point for Rage using Eddie as his tag partner for a rematch after RVD was hurt. A point for Raw versus SmackDown chasing Batista. A point for Cena climbing up the ladder, which has been well set up as Angle at the gatekeeper. Uh, and a point for one of my favorite uh, SmackDown moments when JBL uh, get, takes the tranquilizer dart by accident and acts mm-hmm. loopy. Um, and then uh, attacks Big Show, uh, fake, having faked being tranked. And that was from the show in Japan, where he does the Godzilla stuff, too, and all that. He fights the fake dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> so that's a pretty infamous JBL stuff right there. Do you eat pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, heading into our minuses, uh, we've got RVD suffering a major injury. Uh, we're just going to take him out for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. I think this is the ACL tear. Yeah. Uh, we've got Booker and Heidenreich being slapped together at the last minute. Uh, no build for the Cruiserweight Open, just a, a showcase to try to get as many guys on the card as possible. Uh, and the main event build being more focused uh, on Batista showing up than uh, yeah. the big show be possibly being victorious. Uh, so that nets out to a plus two for the build. So decent for the show. Uh, commentary, we give a point for Taz and Cole doing well, carrying the silliness like the Heidenreich post-match and the Diva segments and all that, which we didn't get into quite yet, but um, point for that. Uh, point for Luther the Reigns! A point for Cole saying Joy is from Boston when she comes out with a Steelers jersey, just trying to kiss up a little bit, which is funny, derailing that. Uh, a point for the uh, great job telling the veteran versus youth story of Angle versus Cena. And a point for Taz and Cole doing a really good job emphasizing the home field advantage of Angle. Uh, sleeping and eating at home, no travel for yeah. him. So a real kind of a good good feel uh, sports vibe there. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, not Michael Cole's best night, though. Let's see uh, how far he drags us down the minus section. Uh, we've got Tori and Don being ter- uh, Tori and Don being terrible on commentary and just the weird dynamics there. Uh, like they've <laughs> never feuded. Um, Cole says how show is the new WWE champion when he escapes the cage. Uh, Cole saying pound and ground, which always bugged me. Um, <laughs> it's ground and pound. It's not pound and ground. Uh, Cole botching the names of common moves. He called a slingshot like a monkey flip. He called a downward spiral, a DDT. Uh, he called a chop block, uh, was a uh, shoulder to the gut. Like he was just <laughs> off his game tonight. Tough so. night. Yeah. yeah. Rough night for Michael Cole. All right. So that's a plus one for commentary. Kind of a low score for these two. Usually we're about higher with Taz and Cole. Atmosphere, we give a point for the uh, igloo Pittsburgh featured and being mentioned during the open while viewing the cage, so really leaning into the location. A point for the crowd popping for the divas doing sexy things. Not much else to enjoy in the night. We didn't we didn't talk about that, but they did kind of the rookie diva um, contest throughout the night. 
A point for Undertaker's entrance, as usual, and a point for the big pop for when Batista shows up again. Something we didn't necessarily touch on, but uh, he uh, made his presence shown Mm -hmm. um, on the show to at least tease again that, you know, he'd be making his decision soon um, where, you know, he would make his uh, decision for me. Yeah. Uh, For the minuses, we've got the crowd being dead for the Bashrams. Uh, we've got a basic set as well uh, for the show. Not a lot put into it. Uh, the crowd being dead for Booker T and Heidenreich and uh, mm-hmm. their stupid DQ finish. Uh, just silence echoing throughout the arena. Shannon Moore gets the opposite of uh, a pop from the crowd. <laughs> the crowd is in a coma for most of the Cruiserweight open match. Uh, the crowd is pretty silent for the Reigns and the Undertaker. Uh, the crowd does not even care for hot women being in their bathing suits. And the crowd is pretty checked out on the main event up until we get to the finish. Mm-hmm. So negative four. Uh, usually atmosphere has been decent during this season, but not quite here on this night in Pittsburgh. Notable moments. Uh, we gave a point for Guerrero Mysterio winning the tag team titles. A point for Eddie Guerrero's hype speech to Cena about facing Angle. It was a really good backstage. A point for Chavo winning the Cruiserweight title. A point for Cena winning the WrestleMania title match and beating Angle. We actually have two points for that because it's it's really a big moment, beating Angle clean on pay-per-view, mm-hmm. earning a title match at Mania. Uh, a point for the first-ever barbed wire cage match. A point for Show chokeslamming JBL through the ring mat and him going out through the hole. And a point for Cena Batista standing tall at the end of the show, kind of testing the crowd. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Tori and Dawn suddenly becoming best friends on commentary. Uh, Heidenreich trying to pin Booker T after the DQ <laughs> looks pretty dumb. Uh, we've got uh, Dudley and Funaki being jobbed out after carrying the cruiserweight division uh, through the fall and winter, and then the Diva Talent Show being a disaster throughout the throughout the card. So that's a four for notable moments. So decent there. Match grades we said was a negative point five. Card structure we give a point to uh, starting hot with Ray and Eddie winning the tag titles. A point for giving Cena and Angle a lot of time to build a great story in the match. And a point to close the show with Batista and Cena to hype Mania. Sweet. And uh, for our minuses, we've got the Divas competition killing the momentum and flow of the show. Uh, as usual, the uh, lack of depth on the SmackDown roster has really hurt. Uh, the wasted depth for the Cruiserweight divi- division, which was really just a short match with no angle, um, where they could have really booed the card uh with the lack of depth uh, really being prevalent somewhere else. So one point for that. Uh, rewatchability, we have a point for the choke slam to the ring of JBL. Uh, and for minuses, we have <laughs> director's wife, Mrs. Gonzalez's, uh, or excuse me, Mrs. Mr. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes. I pulled a uh, WWE there, uh, interchanging Gonzalez with Rodriguez. But uh, Mrs. Rodriguez's uh, terrible acting mm-hmm. and the talent show. Yep, so negative one there. Uh, no all-time matches either way, and that nets out to a 2.5. Uh, so it feels low, like the matches were all pretty good, but there's just not a lot going on. Like the build kind of washed, the commentary washed, the atmosphere offset the moments completely, the card structure rewatchability washed. So it just, it was just kind of balanced. It was like we said in the matches, nothing great, nothing bad, all-time bad. It's just everything just kind of middled out. Yeah. Um, but for us, a 2.5 is kind of near the bottom of our list. So while everything washed out, um, there was just enough to to where 
like a two and a half, which is ultimate replacement level for us match wise, um, is just low because we have a lot of stuff that's just much higher. So, yeah, it, it's close to a flat zero, which you would think would be like a midpoint for us, but we just haven't had enough bad yet. I'm sure we're going to get more and more as we go, but we haven't had enough overall bad to make this like a fulcrum point. So, as is, it's a bottom. One, two, three, four, six, seven, eight show for us. So it's it's toward the bottom. This is what it is, even though like I feel like it's better than the other ones toward the bottom. Like Yeah. Yeah, that's to true. To me it's much I'd rather watch this than Unforgiven 04 or Armageddon that we just talked about last episode. Yeah. It's right on the heels of Elimination to Chamber 2012, No Mercy UK from ninety nine. Like it's kinda in that bucket. Yeah, and this season, I mean, it's given us four, uh, four of our like bottom ten shows. So, right, uh, it's kind of rough for this season. But uh, on the flip side, in exchange, we do get a uh, all timer. Yeah, um, with with Royal Rumble 05 being our new number two show. Yeah, four of our bottom eight shows are from this stretch, and they're all bunched together from No Way Out to Tabit Tuesday 04. They're all within like two points of each other, pretty much. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for that. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with WrestleMania 21 in our year-end awards. So that's always a fun thing to get into. And then we'll kick off our next season, Marcus. So that's always exciting uh, as we get there. Do we want to recap our top 10 shows? I was just going to say that. Yep, uh, we have a new okay. entry, so I think uh, it'd be good to give a refresher. All right, number 10 right now is NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 at 22 and a half. And it is tied with No Way Out 2000. Uh, but we gave it the uh, tiebreak due to our tiebreaker system. Yep. Uh, followed by at number nine, the SummerSlam 2011 with a war of 23. Fully loaded 1999, 26 and a quarter. NXT Takeover War Games 2 with a 26.5. Just above that is NXT Takeover New York 28 and a quarter. The Royal Rumble 2000 with a 28.5. All right, our top three begins with Money in the Bank 2011 with 28.75. Our new number two is Royal Rumble 2005 with a 36.5. And our number one show continues to reign on top is SummerSlam 1999. Not alone anymore, though, at 38.25. No. So we get some someone in the atmosphere now. So we'll see how that continues to go. All right, that'll do it for us. Like I said, we'll be back in two weeks to wrap up another season here on Dirty War. Continue to check out everything we have to offer on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. We appreciate all the downloads, all the feedback, all the sharing, all the love. Keep it up for us, please. Thank you. Live your life above the We did all right.